Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mignot. This is part of my 29 Days of Magic series where I get to interview a Black woman a day throughout Black History Month. And today's episode, I am delighted to have Crescent Muhammad, who is the Managing Director for CUP Los Angeles and co-host of the Madness Collective. It's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Crescent. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> It's my singing voice. <laughs> yeah, the the energy is contagious. <laughs> so, but because uh, I'm working on very little sleep, so I might be a little delirious. But you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make it work for me. So you are gonna make it work. I I have no doubt that you will. So I'm always I'm I am here for it. So uh, quest, quest, first question is always the same, and I'm always delighted by the answer. And I'm sure you'll be no different. So Crescent, what was your first job? Uh, let's see. It's so funny because I'm like, gee, I've had so many since the first one. But the first one, I think I was a senior. Not I think I know. I was a senior in high school and I was working at a clothing store called The Buckle, which my family found absolutely hilarious. Uh, I can see I was- how they would. <laughs> and to be clear my my east coast new york family found it hilarious because it was a store that was only in the midwest at the time i don't even know if it was in the south definitely not on the east coast so cuz no one had heard of it uh and you know i was like look i need some um i need some play money not play money but i was like i just would like to have some extra money and you know you got a uh, i got a discount on clothes so i was like okay let's step up the wardrobe for senior year okay <laughs> See how you could do that. This is a good thing. I see nothing wrong with any of this. No. <laughs> uh, one thing that I took from it is I learned how to fold shirts. <laughs> oh, so you are, you're you're another one who's learned who knew how to, who knows how to fold shirts. I got it. Okay. This like, seems to be a common trend with my guests. A lot of folks know how to become <laughs> excellent folders in their first jobs. Like it so spoke to my OCD, and now I'm like, how was I folding shirts before? Like a cave person? Like oh goodness. So yeah, <laughs> that was the key takeaway from that job. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. So you go from being extremely well trained at folding shirts at the buckle uh, <laughs> to where you are now. What was that journey like? Oh girl, that journey. I'm like, how much time do we have again? But okay, I'll try and condensed. <laughs> so I decided I was going to be a lawyer when I was 12. And mm-hmm. it was that or teacher. And I just remember, again, like just as a 12 year old having this like hmm, lawyer, teacher. And then, uh, you know, what I like to share is that, you know, my brothers, God bless them, uh, were kind of just kind of always in and out of dealings with the police and not not entirely because they were bad guys. They're black men uh, in the Midwest. And my mother is very uh, she's an activist, a community organizer. And so it was, we would notice this correlation when let's say she did a press conference on the red lining that was happening in South Bend, Indiana. It's where I'm from. And my brother would get picked up at 2 a.m. resisting arrest. Like he, one of those instances, he literally was just walking home. And so there was always this sense of, um, you know, just fighting for justice in my household. And so I was like, okay, well, if I become a lawyer, then I can fight for a good fight and fight for people who can't fight for themselves. So I, I stayed on that path. I stayed committed to that path. Um, went to undergrad, went to Harvard for undergrad, took a year off before I went to law school and I had gotten into Penn, University of Pennsylvania Law School. Go ahead, girl. (laughs) 
make you look to very expensive degrees, one of which still wants their money back. I'm like, can you leave me alone? But uh, <laughs> go away. <laughs> please go away. But yeah, so I started, I, so my, I think it was my senior year of, of college at this point. No, 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 sorry. While in college, I fell into doing theater. And one of my close friends, uh, freshman year, look, she noticed my, my big personality. <laughs> and she was like, you should try out for this play. And I was like, nah, okay, fine, sure. Like, you know, love to like play around, try something new. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love being on stage. I love, you know, just being that connected to an audience, the, the live aspect of it. But I was like, yeah, but I'm going to law school, so whatever. And so in the year that I took off before law school, I took, I was like, I'm going to pursue acting. Girl, let me tell you about someone not really knowing what they were doing. <laughs> because again, I was on this path to become a lawyer and was going to go to law school. And here I am sort of like playing around. I was in New York living with my boyfriend at the time. That became a mess. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? I need to take classes. I need to get headshots. And it just became a lot. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home to South Bend, Indiana, and I'm going to just kind of be easy. And then I'm going to start law school. So that's what I did. And my first year of law school was hectic. The first year of law school is usually hectic, but it was in a different way for me. It's just in terms of like hitting a wall um, emotionally and mentally, and just a realization that this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And when you learn, for me, when I learned a lot more about our justice system and how it, how it really works, right? I was like, okay, if you have a lot of money and also if you happen to be white, it can work for you. If you're not, if you don't have that, then <laughs> not so much. Right, it's a little more hectic for you. And I, I just got really disillusioned. You know, I was like, okay, for me to really try and fight for people in this space is going to drain me. Like, I just, I'm not, like, I get really invested. And so I was like, I don't know if this is the thing to do. And so that summer, I was working at a law firm in Chicago. Look, nice checks, not going front. And uh, I took an acting class over the weekend because I was like, okay, I need to, you know, I'm stressed out. I'm hating Monday through Friday life. It's terrible. And I just, I had so much peace. I was like, oh, oh, what is this? Oh, this feels nice. <laughs> So I was like, all right, am I going to go back to law school? Like, I literally was on the fence for like three weeks. And I was like, let's be clear here. You're going to drop out of law school, be an actress? That's not right. Like, there's no trust fund. Like, it's like, mm, let's think about this. I will say this. My mother had my back. She was like, whatever you, you know, whatever you need to do, that makes, it's going to make you happy. I was like, oh, thank you, mommy. But we're poor. So, you know, um, <laughs> so I was like, let me just let me go back to law school, finish. They don't put you in debt for prison. I mean, I'm sorry. They don't put you in prison for debt anymore. Although they might start doing that because this country is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I finished, went to a law firm uh, in New York. Girl hit a whole nother wall. And that is actually what led to my, my mental health journey is the, 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 the situations that I found myself in at my law firm. Um, I saw a therapist for the first time, which, and I don't want to, I don't want to for real date myself. <laughs> Um, Cause you know, black don't crack. So I'll look my age, mm -hmm. but you know, then in that era, going to see a therapist was not, you didn't talk about that, especially as a black woman. It's like, no, I, I'm, I can't have any problems. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Right, exactly. Right. Like I have a great education. My family, I have great family, friends that love me. Look, I'm cute. I ain't got no problems. What are you talking about? I can't have problems. I'm not allowed to have problems. 
And so uh, I saw a woman, uh, thankfully, thank God, I saw a black woman therapist and she, I got referred to her through my other black female attorney friends because they, they too knew, but it was quiet, right? Like, I feel like nowadays, you know, everybody on Twitter, everybody on social media is like, oh, my therapist and da, da, da. Like it's, it, thankfully it's a lot more widely discussed, but then not so much. So I go see her and she says, uh, you know, look, I sit down, I start talking and I start crying, just sobbing. And she's like, um, okay, <laughs> maybe 15 or 20 minutes in. She goes, so you're depressed. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I, don't, I, I reject that. She was like, okay, girl. And so <laughs> we finished the session and I saw her again the following week. And now, you know, I was coming to terms with it, right? Like I sat with it for a week and I was like, hmm, okay. So like, let's say that is the case. Now what, right? And she's stuck. I'll give her credit. She dead upset. You need to quit your job. I was like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not feasible. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need this check. I'm trying to save enough money to like get myself ready to move to Los Angeles to pursue acting full time. La la la. She's like, okay. So that instance, I left, I had left work to go see her and girl, this appointment was at 6 PM. Okay. At night left work, go see her, came back to work, closed out some stuff. And then went home the next morning. I had an email from a junior associate. So not even a senior person, not even a partner who was like, you need to reschedule your medical appointments. I was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> yes. Like, wow. I'm like, do you want me to schedule them for 8 p.m.? 10 p.m.? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was- 6 p.m.? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I I took a leave of absence, I took a medical leave of absence for that. What ended up being the summer. So for four months, I was, I was, I was, I got a chance to take a break. And I had not done that realistically, probably Laura, since I was five, right? Like I just, cause you know, type A and you're always constantly in motion and you're either in an academic program or for me also in a sports program or you're in school or you're working. There's no just pause and smell the flowers <laughs> uh, until then, until my health was, you know, legitimately compromised. And so I slept, walked around. I was living in Brooklyn actually at the time and watched Little House on a Prairie. I just was chilling and it was great. I had so much peace. Uh, also kind of ran out of money. <laughs> so I had to go back to my firm and I probably lasted like another nine months. And then I hit a wall again. And I was, uh, I was, I found myself on the stairwell in, in our building crying. And I was like, yeah, I got to leave. And I got to leave for real. And so I did. And I moved out to Los Angeles and that's been a whole other journey. <laughs> Um, and to just quickly kind of sum that up, I did move out here for acting. You know, I've played around a couple of things. Uh, love comedy. Um, also, obviously, love to talk. I'm like, Laura, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to get a word in edgewise <laughs> in the last few minutes. But um, I started a blog and then I started a talk show. Um, and so during the pandemic, we actually we had put it down and we brought it back because everyone had time on their hands. So that's one of my passion projects right now. And I'm also working with a um, diversity inclusion nonprofit. And again, I kind of, I just kind of fell into that. That wasn't an area that I thought I was, you know, land in, but it, it works, right? Like we need people of color, diverse people in all industries, right? Like all of us, there needs to be more of us in a room. It doesn't matter the industry. And it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of event planning. So I was like, I can do that. So, yeah. So I don't know how long that took, but that's most of the journey. 
<laughs> and it's and it's a great journey. And I think you know, you know, look, we're always we're all we're all on a path to go to where we need to be. And so it totally makes sense that it nothing is going to be the same, and nothing is going to be linear. And anyone who tells you your experience is going to be linear is just full of it. Right. So I think that's I think that's one thousand percent fair. Um, and and also, you know, talking about Black women and mental health is mm-hmm. necessary and um, required right now. And I think, you know, if you're a Black woman, you're supposed to like be able to, you know, be the strong one and carry the, the weight of the world on your back. And if you want to throw another mat on top of that, that should just be fine because you're a Black woman and you can take all this madness. And like that is not the case. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Nat Ministry mm-hmm. uh, on on. Uh, on on twitter and you know where she's just like go rest and yeah. you know not and not be you have to be this insanely strong person who has to take the world of the world on her shoulders um uh yeah and i it's it's i had to get i've gotten more comfortable in the last couple of years you know speaking frankly about it uh and again in part because i there are so many there's so much there's so many more of us talking freely about it uh, obviously, social media has been super helpful. And and to your point, you know, some of the, you know, like known people, celebrities who we find out have taken their own lives. It's it's really a huge pressing issue. Not that it wasn't before, but I think it's just so much more in our in our in our face now. So, yeah, it is it is a hugely important issue to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's probably loads of left women who are walking around with high functioning depression right now oh, yeah. because they, feel they can't take a break. And so, yep. I, you know, honestly, that's kind of the part of, again, part of the reason I, I'm doing this campaign is like, you know, listen, we have a million and one shades to where we are as Black women and all are to be celebrated. The best parts, the messy parts, the complicated parts, the hard parts, Um you know, all of us together because we have to see each other. And if we, before we can talk about anyone seeing it, we have to see ourselves and realize that like we're not robots and that oh. we can't withstand a mountain of hurricanes because that will just kill us. We literally have to work in a way that enables us to be smart, enables yep. us to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's how we and that's how we get where we need to go. Uh, exactly. And in terms of the tools, you know, I, I, I was about this work-life balance a long time ago. I'm, I, I like to say before it became quote unquote fashionable, but because I knew that that was a source of stress for me, if I didn't have a certain amount of control over my schedule, worse, even if I was doing work that I did not enjoy. Right. And to your point, a lot of people, you, you, you're work, walking around with all the stress because you have a job that you have to have and you're like, eh, <laughs> if I could not do this, that'd be great, but you don't have a choice. And so in terms of what I've been trying to do to like make sure that I take care of me is uh, it's trying to be in environments that make sense for me. And also what, what, like what's my outlet, right? Like some people it's athletics or something in that realm, hiking, yoga, for me, it's creative, um, hence bringing back my, my talk show, because it's just, it's an outlet that I need. It feeds my soul. Um, and also medication. I'm like, girl, again, people, <laughs> I'm like, these things are helpful. And just coming to like an acceptance and I just, I get sleep and I just, I just don't believe in having a lot of stress if I can avoid it. This is like, it's not worth it. Because if I drop dead, yeah. everybody's going to keep moving, right? So 
Y'all well, that's, I mean, I, I, honestly, that's kind of the thing that I think is so important for folks to understand that, like, you've got to do it for you or for nobody else. Like, if you know, it's oxygen mask on you first before anybody else. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that, and that's literally how this rolls. And, you know, looking back on all the, you know, what you've been through in the past few years, what do you think you'd tell 21 year old Crescent? Girl, well, first thing I would say is don't keep dating that dude as long as you did, okay? Hey, <laughs> like, let him go. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't mind having gone to law school. Uh, law school teaches you how to think, which, you know, has actually become invaluable. But I could have gone to another school that cost less. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I think I would I would encourage 21 year old Crescent to actually go ahead and and pursue you know the create her my creative interests sooner and not be scared right like at that juncture it was like I'm doing this and I need to go get a nine to five and that's what's going to sustain me and it just you know there was a lot of fear involved uh, before I took that step away from it so yeah that's what I would tell 20 year old Crescent <laughs> and also keep playing basketball that was a good outlet for me. <laughs> Keep keep playing basketball. Okay, what position did you play? I was a guard, not a point guard. Just yeah, like and I played in high school. I played a little bit in college. We actually, funny enough, we had a junior varsity team. Um, and after my sophomore year, I was like, do I want to try and go on varsity? And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> like there was never a chance that I was going to WNBA. But I just I that was one of the sports that I played that I really I liked the most. So um, yeah, I kind of wish I had kept that up. But now, the way my knees work, I have to leave that alone. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, same. It's like in high school, like I was I was in so many sports in high school, and then like all of a sudden I went to college, and I just all fell off a cliff, and it's like <laughs> been forever to go to come to get back on it. Um, and like you know, now it's like okay, bike riding, <laughs> and like yoga, and you know working out in the gym but that's where it's that's where it's 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 evolved too but I would like I love playing basketball and yeah same I was a power um and so yeah I it's still it's still my favorite sport and yeah but yeah I was like yeah I'm not making it to WNBA so like this is not gonna be a thing (laughs) I can truly do going forward um not at all all right and I I too I eventually started to like yoga it took a while though um but yeah yeah, now it's like, okay, no, this is good because you need to stay limber because, you know, not getting any younger. <laughs> gotcha. So tell me of, about the co-hosting gig. Like what what prompted it and like and what it's all about? So, so yeah, so as I mentioned, I started blogging and I look, I, again, love to talk, love to write, have a lot of opinions on a lot of things. Um, but I always, I just always kept up with current events. So, you know, and like I said, just kind of, always love sharing because that's what one thing you find is like not not everyone has time to keep up with all that's going on and so you know I had two friends who were kind of similar personalities with regard to like staying up on events and loving to talk and so the three of us initially it was three of us who started what I it's, I it's my it's my I'm the creator I came up with it it's my idea it's called the madness collective and um it's and, and the, I chose that name because all the madness that is happening I was like let's talk about it and what's funny is that up until the 2016 election and that guy who became president, it was just the occasional madness. And then girl, from then on, it was just like everyday madness. <laughs> so 
still, the title obviously still works, but you know, I like to, I like to talk about us as a daily show meets Wendy Williams. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh boy. Right. Because. So you're you know, gossiping about current events with some politics thrown in. Lord, <laughs> right there. You got it. Nailed it right there. Yep. So, you know, look, we have, of course, we talk about Nick Cannon and his 5011 kids, uh, but we're also talking about what's going on with the Supreme Court, right? And the Republicans mm-hmm. and, you know, it's an election year. And so, because again, and I, MSNBC is on all day long in my, in my house. Um, and there are times when they're talking about a topic, I'm like, come on now. I know y'all have to stay objective, but let's be real, right? So there's certain times just, I'm like, I wanna hear information in the way that's cutting through the BS, like this is what's happening. Right. And so I, that's what for me, my our show is. It's like we're just gonna give you the update. We're gonna kiki about it <laughs> or or be indignant about it. Um, and then we're we're gonna keep it moving. So hopefully after you've um listened to us or watched us, uh, you know, you come away with knowing some more information and hopefully we've made you laugh and just gave you a, some a break from the crazy. And yeah. So that's, and I love it. I absolutely, it is, it is a labor of love right now, um, but I do, I do love it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I mean, there's so much going on right now where you're just like, oh my God, what, how did we get here? <laughs> every day, every day, <laughs> every I day. Look at, I'm just like, why are we regressing? What's going on with you people? Oh, oh, uh, yes. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. And I'm like, wow, yeah, and really if, and if, streets. And if you're a student of history, which I think I saw uh, that you, I think you majored in history. Um, I didn't, but I, I, I wish I had. But yeah, just looking back, like looking back and then also, like you said, being cognizant of what's happening right now, I'm like, what is life? <laughs> well, it's a history. This happens throughout history. When there is a major swing for forward progress, there is Thank an you. equal, if not more t- difficult swing backwards. And yep. so the only thing what we can hopefully do is kind of get in the middle as the pendulum is swinging backwards and stop it from swinging backwards. And uh-huh. like, you know, cause like that's, cause like, you know, if we're at book banning in 2022, it's okay. a little, okay, a little like, bit nuts. Like, wait, like Amazon doesn't exist, right? Like, okay. <laughs> like this well, is the well, it's like you that the more you ban things, the more people are going to want to do them. But Absolutely. also it's like, oh, you don't want your kids to feel sad about racism. It's like they're black kids, don't they experience racism? And okay. you don't want them to feel better. So like, but it's only your kids' feelings that matter. Got it. Okay. Right. Um, thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> like noted, because the rest of the world hasn't noticed that. And everything is accommodating for people of color. And, and we're very, we're very appointed at making Sally feel terrible about her life, about, you know, being white. Like it just stop. Please stop. Yes. So <laughs> I, it's just, and again, like two years ago, people were, were, were reading all the books and like, you know, taking lessons and how to be better, you know, you know better, be better allies. And now mm-hmm. because of a global pandemic, they've like lost their minds and think it's okay to like, you know, again, Ban Tony Morrison from book from libraries. Like there's something very there bizarre. Was a, there was about a woman targeting, I think, Michelle Obama's. Uh, uh, Michelle Obama's book, yes. Yes, the kid version of it, and they they have an issue with that. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is where we are. But as everything you just said, like it's it is a wild world right now, and the fact that you have kids starting book clubs on their own to read these banned works. It's just such an amazing, you know, like result of this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's just wild. It just, 
yeah, look, you're going to have like there. It doesn't mean that like every Gen Zer is going to be um, aware, attentive, and pay att- proactive to this. But I think that you know the large majority are going to see this as wait a minute. If you start with one group, you're going to get to my group eventually. Yep. And and the speed with which they can sort of catch this stuff is helpful. But I think if it's done in the vacuum where, you know, oh my gosh, they're banning books and nobody knew about it. But like, you know, the kids are going to the school board being, being like, you're screwing up my education because here in, here in the real world, yep. this stuff is important. And if I, if you make me dumb in school, <laughs> I'm not getting into the school that you want to go, want me to go to. So that's not happening. So, you yeah. know, that's my hope for positivity that that's how this all kind of nets out. Yeah, uh, and in a better and in a better and a better way, um, because I don't think I. You know, if you don't do that, when you're gonna feel crappy and like choose violence, because like, <laughs> you just feel like I can't. Um, so you know that's how I, I I choose to live in hope with that. Yeah. Um, no, but no. yeah, you know I. Th- Go ahead. Sorry. I, but I was gonna say like you know like it's very loud it's very scary right now and so what are you doing outside of um maybe some yoga uh for your real self-care uh honestly it, it is the, it's the show it's also well it's it's doing those things that bring me joy right and so one of them definitely is the show uh now that it's you know getting safe to travel again um taking trips and it doesn't have to be out of the country because look that can be expensive but just going to visit my friends um, and just having that that time with people that you care about is so vital, right? Like having gone through two years of, you know, isolation um, for those of us who were isolating. <laughs> um, it's just such a, it's a, it is a gift, right? Like I look at it as a gift to be able to spend time with my friends uh, and family and I don't need, I don't need a lot, I, a good movie, a, a good book. Once I let myself start reading again, um, and, and my show, I don't, I, I've lived a long time at this point, not like long, long, but I, I consider myself to be grown, grown and I don't need to be out in the streets. I'm just, I just want peace. That's all I want is peace. Just it. Like sit and watch Seinfeld, Big Bang Theory, living single. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> I've, I've, I, uh, so I, I've never seen Seinfeld. Oh, one of the few New York. I want the few New Yorkers he's never seen Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, Laura, I came to it late, and it's only because uh, the the guy I was dating in college. I came, um, I came to. We were at different schools, and I came to visit, and he was sitting up there watching. I was like, "Are we doing this now?" He, you know, he had white roommates, and he was like, "I'm saying, actually, I like it." That's how I got pulled in, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I get it." But trust me, Laura. But for that, I don't know if I ever would watch it. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I would have found myself, found my way there. Uh, it's kind of the same thing happened with friends. I moved in with a certain crew of people and they started watching it. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I don't watch that one in syndication though. I don't, I don't like it that much. Also haven't seen friends. <laughs> you're, you're okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, as I said, as a, again, as the, um, as a New Yorker who hasn't seen either of those shows, it's like, I don't think I've missed anything. Um, I'll tell you it's, 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 it's okay. Um, I, I'm, well, I do see, find myself watching more TV now, mm-hmm. uh, because there's, there's actually just some really good choices. I mean, between Southside and Grand Crew and Abbott Elementary. So um, can I, if I can brag for two seconds, so the creators and stars of Southside are my college friends. 
And really? Yes, I love them. I was so happy you mentioned that show because yeah, I'm so again in terms of me like my still creative pursuits and acting and stuff. You know, like I said, I haven't been able to do anything on camera in that aspect in a long time. But I have a lot of friends who are you know have made huge moves. Case in point. Bashir and Diallo with Southside. And here's the thing, girl, I keep pitching myself every season. I'm like, look, I got a role for me. I don't have to show up every episode. Just a couple, <laughs> a couple lines here and there, but just, you know, like I'm so proud of them. The show is so much fun and it is so authentic to, to us and, and even more so to the Southside of Chicago, which is, that's what you want in your storytelling, right? Just authenticity. You know, our world is so layered and, you know, trying to have someone else have input who's not a part of that community doesn't work right like let us just tell our story just just do that I love Abbott Elementary uh that's awesome yeah I I, I love TV I, I literally legitimately love television so yeah I mean Southside is one of those shows where I was like I heard about it from a friend a, few, a couple months ago and I was like what are you talking about and now literally it is, is what I watch before I go to bed every day I don't think I've watched most seasons at least 18 times in the last several weeks um, because every episode you're just like what and I try to explain it to people I'm like I'm like it's these guys and their friends who were in the south side of Chicago and just hilarity ensues <laughs> it's just like um and like it's just I mean in the Omaha Steaks episode oh, and like, there's so many like, I mean I mean they're from the club promoter funeral i <laughs> so for and from season one because I, I still actually I still need to dive fully into season two and just like commit things to memory but I know season one and they were having that conversation about Kanye which is even more relevant at this juncture when they were like it was like we love him but he's crazy but we, it, it was this back and forth because you are if you're from Southside Chicago you are torn <laughs> like you just are I can but, see how you would be torn right yeah but that's that's yeah if you're from that from that area but um yeah no and it's something that you know Bashir grew up on the south side of Chicago and his you know his family members in it and it's again just that authenticity and just like truth and storytelling and you know and and the the fun in it right the joy like we just yeah we can take our I didn't realize that he uh uh and Turner were married and I was like oh "Oh, yeah Because I was like, no, because like the way she treats him on the show. Isn't it amazing? I know when people discover that, they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. And they're actually a very loving couple. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I am so. I was like, wait, what? I know. It's just insane, Joe. It literally just insane. And like the coin episodes of like whatever. (laughs) I cannot. I was like, what am I? This is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it is awesome. Um, I'm so happy you mentioned that. Yeah, I have to tell them. Um, but yeah, I was just on a, on a I would love them on the podcast. Dude, I'd love to have them on the podcast because, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I will, look, I promise um, I will do my best to nudge. I'm like, no, 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 you guys should do it. She's great. She's awesome. <laughs> thank you, darling. I appreciate that. Um, last question for you, though. I was kind of delved into television. Um, uh, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? I absolutely do. I would love, 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 love for you guys to check out my 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 talk show online. It's funny. I was going to direct you to the website, but I, that's under construction. I was just like, what is happening? I was trying to get that taken care of today, but go to our YouTube channel. It's the Madness Collective. Look, we need a subscriber. So subscribe. <laughs> check us out. We're live on Friday nights. 
we used to do two shows a week. Uh, we were doing Tuesday nights and Friday nights, but the way my schedule's set up right now, so we've just gone back to Friday nights and literally we're recapping the week's headlines with, uh, you know, as much humor as we can, can put in there. But sometimes, you know, we take serious topics and, and we just share, we share. And the chat is usually really lit. So it's a fun time. So YouTube, the Madness Collective, please check us out. And uh, hey, in the chat, just say, hey, caught you on Laura's show. That would be awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we'll put all the details in the show notes for folks to check it out, follow you on all the social medias, and, and give you and, and hopefully give you some shout-outs. Uh, Preston, it's been such a delight having you on the show. Um, you are hilarious and a great <laughs> and this and such an awesome story. Uh, thank you so much for being part of 29 Days of Magic. Oh, thank you so much, Laura, for having me. This was really great. This honestly highlighted my day. So probably highlighted my week, girl. Awesome. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, thanks so much. And that is our show.